counselor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first time here, welcome aboard. It's really great to have you. I hope you're having a great day. Now, today I want to talk to you about something that's affected me quite deeply over my time as a counsellor, and I know that it affects other people too. How do I know this? Well, it's because I've asked. I've asked. I used to have a free Facebook group, and I can remember I asked in there about how people felt about this. And I've been pretty disappointed by how many people do experience this too. So here's an example of what I mean. So my dad used to do this thing when I was a counsellor. So the way that I work, so I live in a bungalow, so I've got my house and at the side of my house, I've got my garage and between my house and my garage, it was kind of built over. So it's like an entrance hallway. So if a client came in, they'd come in and they'd turn to the right. And if you're not a client, you come in and turn to the left. But my dad used to do this thing. So what he'd do is he'd arrive at my house unannounced and he'd let himself in. So if I was with a client, my ears would kind of, just imagine a gazelle, my ears would kind of swivel around and go, who was that? What's happening? Who's just come into my house? And my mind would just be alert, wondering who that was. You know, was it a burglar? Was it a murderer? Are they going to come into the, into the counselling room and disturb us? And this would distract me from my client, which would make me cross because, you know, we could be talking about something very deep and it would take my mind away from concentrating on them. And that would make me cross and that would distract me as well. So I'm sure you can understand what I mean by this. So I had a word with my dad and I said to him, look, dad, please don't just turn up unannounced. I'm working. And when I'm working with a client, that disturbs us and it it really affects the process. And he'd say, yeah, okay, sure, he'd say. But he didn't stop doing it. And, you know, instead of stopping doing it, he tried to be quiet. Now, if you've ever sort of crept down the hall quietly in the middle of the night because you don't want to wake your parents up, you'll know that creeping and trying to be quiet is considerably louder than just walking normally. So him creeping in would mean that the door would be creaking for a lot longer than normal. And I would hear him rustling down the entranceway and that would just make me even more angry. So I had another word with him and said, look, dad, please, please don't just turn up unannounced. And he said to me, well, look, I'm being quiet. And he clearly didn't know what all the fuss was about and he wasn't happy about it. And it was obviously thought that he thought I was being really unreasonable and he got a little bit angry with me, to be honest, about how stupid this was. Now, I know that you'll understand what that feels like if you've ever had anything like this, but if you haven't, I'm sure you can imagine. 
so I'd have a moan to a friend about it. So I'd have a moan and say, look, my dad's doing this thing and this is what's happening. And they'd, the friend would kind of nod and make the right noises, but they'd, they'd have a look on their face as if to say, well, come on, Jane, does it really matter? He's just coming in the house quietly. And the, the upshot of this, the point I'm trying to make is I just didn't feel understood. I felt as though I was the one that was being unreasonable, even though I knew I wasn't being unreasonable. And I felt like people just didn't understand what I did. And it just made me feel really bad. And this is kind of the point of the podcast, because I'm kind of talking about how other people, and I'm referring both to friends, families and partners, but also the wider community. I'm talking about how they often don't know what we do and therefore don't understand what we do. And this can leave us feeling devalued and frustrated. Now, let me know if this is you. If this is you, then please drop me a line and let me know that you've experienced this. So this can show in lots of different ways. So it could be that you're chatting with a friend and they say, well, I couldn't do what you do, just listening to people moan on and on all day. That's one way this can show up. Or they might just refer, they might refer to your job as just a chat over a cup of tea, which is kind of really, really frustrating when you think about the work and the effort and the training that we put into it. Being told that all we do is chat over a cup of tea or just nod and say, how does that make you feel? I mean, that's pretty frustrating, I find. I mean, another thing, another, my dad came out with lots of things that used to upset me, to be fair. Another thing that he'd say is, and once when I told him that I was tired, he said, well, it's not real work, is it, Jane? And I was like, it was like he'd slapped me around the face. You know, it's not real work. It's, it was, yeah, really hard. Now, this might be just me moaning about my dad. I don't know, but I suspect not because I know lots of other people have had this They've had people in their family or friends just kind of not taking seriously the thing that they are so passionate about doing, the thing that they've spent all this time training on. And it's horrible. It really discounts us and what we do. And I think one of the things that makes it even worse is it's not really very easy to find a way to sort of explain really simply what it is that we do. And let's just be clear for a minute what we do, because what we do is we empower people to make transformations to their life. We help them to step away from unhelpful or destructive patterns in their life. So it might be something as, you know, as big as stopping, stopping self-harming or stopping drinking or changing their eating patterns or, you know, leaving, you know, abusive relationships, you know, big, big things. We help people to start to like themselves and value themselves and accept themselves rather than feel that there's something wrong with them or they have no value. And this can be as massive as enabling people, like I say, to stop self-harming or even to stop wanting to suicide. You know, it can be as much as saving people's lives. So to have the people that we care about telling us that, we just sit and listen to people moaning is, like I say, a little bit like a slap around the face. Like It could just be me. You might not struggle with this at all. And if you don't, that's fantastic. But I know that I'm not alone with this. It really is galling when people discount what we do. 
Now, this is an important thing to sort of consider because people not really knowing what we do and why we do it has an impact on us. Now, I put it down to people thinking, like I say, that people thinking that we just sit and have a bit of a chat, that we smile and we nod and that we offer tea and sympathy. And it's things like this that can make us feel isolated, that can make us feel misunderstood and can make us feel really undervalued. And you know what? We get really mixed messages as therapists, don't we? Because on the one hand, we're told that and when we think about it at the moment, coming out of isolation, coming out of, you know, coming through COVID and things changing, we know that so many people are struggling with their mental health. So many people need help. So on the one hand, we're told that counselling is really important and loads of people should go to counselling because it's going to help them to feel better. It'll help them to change their life all of those things. But on the other hand, we're told that there's no money to pay us. God forbid we want to get paid to do this much needed, vital, valued work. And our many varied and hard worked for qualifications, maybe they're not enough now. So we're expected to jump through more and more hoops or the goalposts are constantly being moved. And if we go into private practice, there's a whole new skill set needed. And that can leave us, that can feel a little bit like a minefield. Now, obviously, that's what I help people with. So if you feel like that, I can kind of help you with that. But, but things like if we get a client and that client cancels, we can end up being, being out of pocket. So you may have to you know, rent a room or it could be just as simple as because somebody else had booked that time, nobody else could book it. So you're out of pocket for that. But charging for a mixed session can send us into a tailspin of telling ourselves that we're being unreasonable and unfair and, and all of this. So, you know, it's really difficult, isn't it? And this is just one of those reasons why self-care for counsellors is really, really vital. It's not something that's just nice to do. It's not just something to do when you've got time after you've you know, sorted everybody else out. And as you already know this, I, I know that you know this, but it's not just having like a weekly money pedi as nice as that is. Robust self-care for counsellors is absolutely vital because research has shown that psychotherapists are more prone to becoming depressed, to substance abuse or being suicidal than any other comparable profession, such as, say, doctors or lawyers or accountants or dentists. So this is really serious stuff. So what can we do to make a change? Well, I'm going to share with you three things that you can do in a minute. But just before I start with that, there's a Facebook group. If you're in the UK, there's a Facebook group called Counselors Together. And they are a group and they look at trying to ch make changes like to make it so that we aren't expected to work for free for counsellors or we, that we can get a, you know, a reasonable wage for what we do. So if you feel a little bit undervalued and a little bit helpless around that, maybe check out the Counselors Together Facebook page. But here are three things that you could do to make a change. So firstly, we can try and educate people about what we actually do. So I would say do a little bit of a brainstorm. So grab a coffee, piece of paper, and just imagine you've just been speaking to someone and they've said, something about you sitting and listening to people moaning all day or something like that. 
and just think, right, what could you say back to them? Think of just, you know, what small little thing could you say back to them so that if it happens again, you'll have a response. The only thing I would say is please don't be defensive. If we, if you're defensive, it means that somebody else then feels as though, I don't know, they feel as though they've been attacked. I don't know, but try not to be defensive about it. So the second thing is to remind yourself that it doesn't really matter necessarily what they think. Now, when I say this, I'm kind of referring to, if you imagine you imagine you're a Christmas do, a family Christmas do, and there's that uncle there who always makes a snidey remark at Christmas when you see him. Now, he's never going to get why you do what you do. So it's just not worth trying. So remind yourself, it doesn't really matter what he thinks. So just smile and change the subject. Sometimes it's just not worth engaging with people. If you end up feeling bad, if you end up feeling frustrated, just smile and nod and change the subject. And thirdly, as counsellors, we should value ourselves and value what we do. Because the effect of being unvalued is sometimes we can then not value ourselves as well. So I think we need to celebrate our wins, even when we can't share them because of confidentiality. So I think we should allow ourselves to take credit for our part in the clients feeling better. So if my friend said to their counsellor, oh, wow, do you know, I've just had this realisation and it's made massive difference in my life. Thank you so much for that. If that counsellor turned around and said, oh, no, it's it's you, you did it, I ha- it wasn't me. I wonder what impact that has on the client. Because to me, it's a little bit like if you compliment somebody and they just say, oh, no, it was nothing. It kind of feels doesn't feel very nice, does it? It's like if you give someone a present and they say, oh no, I don't want it and give it back. It's not very nice. So I think it's important that we can learn that we do have a hand in what happens with our clients. Our clients aren't just plucking these aha moments out of thin air. It's happening because you have helped them to get there. So I think that, you know, being able to acknowledge our part in somebody's in somebody's transformation is really, really important. Now, I've talked about this in episode 16, which is about simple ways to silence your inner critic. Now, I'll, I'll share the link below if you want to have a little look at that. But basically, I really recommend that you notice and appreciate all of the good that you do, you know, all of the positive comments that you receive you know, all of the ahas that they have, because you help to make it happen. And that's just such an important thing, because otherwise we're not giving ourselves the credit for the work that we've done. And if we don't give ourselves credit, then it's hard to expect other people to to do that. So if your client has a real aha moment, if something has happened that's made a difference, if they've got to the end of their therapy and they thank you for all the help that you've given, just smile and say thank you. You know, just accept that. Accept that compliment gracefully. There's something else that can really help is being around peers because we talk the same language, don't we? We understand the same nuances. So, so when I talked at the beginning about my dad letting himself into the house and the impact that it had on me, other, you know, other people like regular people, non-counselors, regular people, non-counselors wouldn't really understand 
why that was so impactful. But another counsellor would, another counsellor would totally understand the significance of my dad doing that. So it helps being around peers and talking to other people who really get what it is that we do. So maybe check out if there are any therapist networking groups in your area or check out Facebook groups for counsellors. Some are really, really supportive. Now, some are a little bit less so. So be sure you find the right one for you. But just being around people that are all speaking the same language, as it were, is really, really helpful. And of course, in the Grey Private Practice Club, we have an amazing group of members that are really supportive and friendly. So connect with people and come and connect with me. I'm on at Grow Your Private Practice on Instagram. So come and say hi, or you'll find me on LinkedIn at Jane Travis. So yeah, again, just come and say hi. It would be great to see you. So let's all connect with each other and value each other and support each other and be on each other's side. So so that's it really. So today we've looked at how frustrating it can be to have people not really understand or value what it is that we do. And we've looked at some of the mixed messages that we can receive about, on the one hand, how important and valuable what we do is, and on the other hand, yeah, but we're not going to pay you. And also, we've looked at some simple ideas to help you to protect yourself from some of these quite hurtful comments and all with a view to valuing yourself more because you deserve it. So as always, if you need any more help with this or any aspect of growing your private practice, come and join the Grow Your Private Practice membership where we look both at practical help, we looked at mindset help, and we have that supportive and friendly community of peers. So that's it for today. Never underestimate the power of the work that you do. Have a fantastic week. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.